0: today on Owl Have You Know.
1: One of my greatest actually experiences at Rice was how the school embraced me. I was uh, immediately embraced by the staff, the faculty, the, the students. And so it was a home to me uh, the moment I opened the door.
0: Welcome back to Al Have You Know. I'm your host, David Drugliever, Rice MBA class of 2012. On the line with me, I have a special guest, Roon C. Sen. Roon C. Sen is a class of 2004, and she's the founder, president, and CEO of Overcome. Also a TEDx speaker, a board member of the MD Anderson Cancer Center, as well as a board member of the Rice Business Alumni Bruinsie, that's a mouthful. Hopefully I got that right. So welcome to I'll Have You Know.
1: Thank you, David. Um, thank you for having me. It's my honor.
0: I am so excited to talk. I i did all my online stalking of you. <laughs> and <laughs> I watched your TEDx, which was fantastic and very moving and got an idea of what you're doing with Overcome. So there's a lot to unpack here. Could you give us a sort of a harbor cruise and or um uh, just highlight real moments maybe that you want to you know show or share that has brought you to where you are now like what that journey has looked like to bring you to where you are now
1: absolutely so as i always say that you know people um look for a purpose in their life um you know all the time and so for me it's it the way it uh, transpired that the purpose showed itself to me with my mother's death. Um, So she passed away from ovarian cancer um, 11 years ago. And so um, after her passing, um, really, I found my purpose in life. And that was to create this foundation, which is overcome for ovarian cancer patients uh, worldwide, uh, to raise awareness and to uh, provide assistance to ovarian cancer patients in need. So it took my mother's um death to for me to find the purpose, but I think it's a very beautiful way, and I call it her parting gift if that makes sense.
0: That definitely makes sense and and thank you for sharing that personal part of your story and it's really interesting to to see how the rice business experience has has interwoven itself into this and so we certainly want to unpack that as well. Can you share with us? You know a little bit about that experience and how it shaped you and more specifically you know are there some things that you know now that you wish you had known or had picked up during school
1: Absolutely. So when I went into RISE, obviously, I went in with the uh, the fullest conviction that I was going to graduate as as one of those uh, MBA students that, you know, that are doing so much for the business world and and driving change and driving the mission forward for the for profit businesses. So I was determined, um, you know, to to get my mark on the corporate sector, if you will. However, one of the things that I do wish that I would know when I went to school then is to build my own personal brand. So we don't talk about that often, but generally speaking, after you know, it's been many, many years that I have graduated from um, Rice, but it does seem to me that building that own personal brand, that building your passion um, and that is a very big differentiating factor for you which doesn't come across that vividly while you are in the classroom of um of your business uh, school experience so you know for example when we used to take all those presentation um classes like how to present the best how you stand how you speak all of those things we were told that don't say um a, a lot of times this is just an example but you know i realized after i graduated and I went into my work, uh, my for-profit work, and then into non-profit work, it really doesn't matter how you present as long as you present with passion. As long as your passion comes across and your expertise in the matter that you are trying to present on um, comes across fully, it actually your own unique style of presentation makes a big difference versus um, how, what you were taught in um, business school so just a just a very small example but i think you know what i think i would have spent a little more time if i knew about this is how to develop my own personal brand so that anytime runsi or david or anyone else walks into the room people can immediately identify okay this is what he or she is passionate Uh, about. And this is what he or she stands for. That is your personal brand. And that is something that I wish I knew while going into um, the RISE program.
0: In this case, your experience with your mother and her passing had fed into your uncovering your passion and finding your purpose, as you had said. And so that's a very unique experience. And for other folks that um, are trying to do what you're talking about, you know building their personal brand and and building that passion. I's that something that just sort of comes from life experience, or can you sort of systematize that and be more intentional with that? Um, how do you see that right for for folks that maybe didn't have you know as intense experience as as you had?
1: That's a really good question, um, David. I'll tell you, i give you this example that when I was working with Direct Energy in my for-profit career, we went into one of those, um, you know, all-day motivational uh, speaking sessions. So I was sitting in, in the audience and listening to this individual. He was talking about how you get excited about going to work every morning. And that's your passion. That's your purpose. And I sat there and I was thinking that, you know, I don't feel that even though I'm in a corporate career, which I'm doing well, I am, you know, I'm very um, happy with where I am, but I really don't feel that passion every morning. And so I came back and I, I, did, you know, kind of delve into this a little more just to just to kind of think about, am I in the wrong place? So, uh, what, what I am doing is not what I am meant to do. So that question stayed with me in my head. And I'll tell you, after um, I made the switch and now today, after, you know, almost nine years of running this nonprofit, I can stand on that very stage and tell you the same exact thing that I am actually um, passionate about Mondays. I'm actually looking forward to get back to work and, and do my thing that I do because this is what I have embraced. So to, to answer your question, I think a little bit of it comes to you from your own personal experience, no matter how good you are at what you do, unless you put your heart into it and you feel that uh, you know compelling passion inside you that sentence just remains a sentence. And for me, fortunately, that sentence actually transformed into something that I can actively work with.
0: That's a very insightful answer. I appreciate that. And there's two things that are seemingly uh, organically dovetailing off of that. Uh, you know you talk about presentation skills, that's a, a big part, of course, the you know business school experience. And so as I watch your TEDx experience, you're very polished. And very articulate. And is that something that um, you had consciously chosen to do? Was that you know, brought to your attention? How did you go about choosing that platform to bring awareness you know, to your passion? And would you recommend going through a similar process to other folks?
1: Yeah, So the TEDx, um, I did not go to TEDx. It came to me. So actually, I never submitted an application. I did not do any of that. And so I just received an email from their committee um, uh, saying that I have been chosen to do this because some folks, uh, you know, nominated me to do this talk. And so when the opportunity presented itself, I Took the opportunity to use this platform to talk about several things that I have not talked about in 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 a public forum before, and so um, this was a very intensely moving experience for me because I talked shared my life and I shared my story something that I hold very close to my heart with a lot of other people but I did realize after the um the event and after the presentations the no- sheer number of emails and messages I received from people who have been on the same journey with me and um you know kind of felt the the passion um, and felt the the experiences they, they they could kind of identify with the experiences that that I went through. So to answer your question, TEDx chose me, but I feel that after doing this talk, I feel like I reached so many people that... Um, needed something like this from from me or anyone else uh, to just kind of go on and feel the encouragement and the inspiration so i would definitely recommend something like this uh, to others who are interested because you might you might think that your story is not, uh, worth sharing. But trust me, that all of us have some unique stories in our lives, and you don't know how you reach uh, another person or make an impact on another person's life just by sharing your story. So I would definitely recommend doing something like this should the opportunity present itself.
0: You mentioned uh, before offline uh, the importance of creating connections and, and nurturing your network. And, and certainly, your, your TEDx experience has uh, poured nitro into that. When you look back on your business school experience, um, is, is that something that you're very intentional about? And, you know, what was that impact um, with the connections you made during school going forward? Is there anything unique that you've done or that you would um, have any kind of call to action for folks when you think about you know, creating the connections from business school and, and going forward?
1: Absolutely. So I think that Rice is forever. Um, This is a kind of school that is just not two years. For me, um, I will tell you this, that I was an international student coming into Rice. And so it it is difficult and it's challenging for someone who is an international student to walk into a classroom full of you know, 170 people that you um, that you're kind of trying to get adjusted to because there are so many other adjustments you're, ma- you're making while being uh, someone from another country, right? So it is a uh, for all those folks that are listening that are um, possibly international students. I would love to mention this to you that one of my most uh, the greatest, actually, experiences at Rice was how the school embraced me, and so I, for not for one day, and I will, you know, say this forever, not for one day, I felt that I was an outsider. I was uh, immediately embraced by the staff, the faculty, the the students, and so it was home to me. Uh, The moment I opened the door. And so that was a phenomenal experience for the next two years, which can do wonders for your confidence. And um, I do want to mention that this is an experience at Rice that I will never forget. And so um, not just that, David. I also feel that after I walked out of Rice, um, um, not just students of my batch, but there were students, uh, you know, after me, before me, that uh, stayed in touch with me, and I actually stayed in touch with Rice when I started Overcome. I uh, we actually hosted our first few events um, at the. Uh, McNair. McNair Hall, exactly. Yeah. We we hosted a few of our events there. Rice gave it to us for free, and just to help um, us, you know, get our feet on the ground. So I don't take these things lightly, and I feel that the support that I have received from Rice, starting from the dean to the administration, it is just absolutely phenomenal. And especially for someone who has left home to pursue um, their passion, this this means a whole lot more than just being uh, a student uh, in the US. This has been an incredible experience and and the connections to date, I am still in touch with so many of our Rice MBAs um, that I did class with. So very recently, uh, one of the, uh, my classmates reached out to me and he basically said that his mom passed away from ovarian cancer when we were in school. I did not know that, but now he wants to help out and he wants to get engaged with Overcome because he feels, uh, you know, um, tied to the cause. So things like this is is just very precious, and I feel that rice brings that community and that uh, that feeling of togetherness that is so important, and that builds your confidence and just makes you an incredibly better person going forward.
0: Wow, uh, that was super powerful and uh, awesome that the school had helped to host mm-hmm. and uh, with the building to to get overcome, you know, going. And I think that's a great segue at this point. And I know this is a primary focus for you. I've Taking a look at you know so much of what you've put out there and your website and everything, but for the folks that aren't acquainted with Overcome, in your own words, can you describe the charter or the mission of, of Overcome and what really success looks like for your organization?
1: Absolutely. So basically, Overcome, as I mentioned at the onset of our uh, of our discussion, we are an ovarian cancer foundation, and the reason being, as I shared with you, I lost my mom to ovarian cancer, and so in her memory and with her inspiration, I created this foundation. And so we um, have I always say that we have four pillars of our mission. So one is our research funding um, to find a cure, which ultimately will find a cure for cancer. So we do very much invest in research. Uh, We also do our global awareness programs uh, through our social media, through our events and with our partners. We have a patient assistance program called OverCare. This one is unique in its nature because we provide lifestyle like financial assistance package as well as psychosocial assistance packages to patients, ovarian cancer patients in need. And I'll tell you, David, that when we started this uh, program, OverCare, five years ago, um, we started with uh, MD Anderson as our uh, partner first partner but now after five years we are working with over 137 hospitals nationwide so um, the, this program has really taken off and it is really impactful where we can see like direct impact um, to the patient and the woman's life and and of, of course of, to the lives of the family members as well, and the fourth pillar I always say is, of course, the the love and the faith and the the support that we receive and we continue to receive from the community, without which the other three would fall apart. So our house is built on very strong pillars, and uh, you know I feel that we are blessed and we have a very strong village and we have the support, and so that's in that, in a nutshell, would be overcome for you.
0: That's fantastic, and and that is a, a you know wide array of, of things to do. So, um, hats off to you. And um, so, one thing I, I wanted to ask, and maybe I skipped past it, is this transition from the for-profit to the nonprofit world. I, th- I think we understand um, the impetus for this, and what made you want to make that shift. Could you maybe provide a little bit more detail on you know some of the. Either harrowing moments or pitfalls as you made that transition from from for profit to nonprofit, especially for folks that either aren't in nonprofits or are considering that, you know. So so maybe you can pass some lessons learned, you know, as you went through that journey.
1: You know, growing up, one of the things I kept hearing from everyone that is um, that I live my life with my heart. And so, you know, I was told that I need to tone down on my, uh, you know, the heart factor, if you will, and um, the emotional um, side of me and just to become more practical and all of that good stuff. So I was like, okay, MBA is the way to go, because that will bring me to practical ground like nothing else. So I went to RISE, (laughs) I did the program. But I'll tell you that the switch was entirely led by my heart. There was no other reason, because I never had any nonprofit background, never worked for a nonprofit before in business school, and this is one of the things that I would like to see changed. Is there was not much focus on nonprofit, um, you know, management, and so um, there was nothing in me that was prepared to to make this transition. So this was, uh, this was completely a transformation that was led by heart, but I'll tell you this, that being at rise for the two years that I was, it did give me the confidence. It gave me, you know, the tools to analyze my risk of doing this. Um, It gave me the credibility behind my name. It it just made me think about, you know, what are the challenges and the benefits and uh, would they outweigh one another? And also the fact that just the marketing and the strategy, uh, you know, classes that I, that I was a part of, then the presentation, you know, all of those things that I cannot just, tell you that there was one thing. And then, of course, the finance classes too. I mean, if I was creating a nonprofit, it's the whole um, 360, right? So I had to, without the knowledge that I gained from Rice, I don't think I would have the courage to make that transition. So even if the transformation came from the heart, the courage was provided by Rice, if that makes sense.
0: That makes a lot of sense. I mean, sometimes we just need... You know that support system or the right frameworks to to move forward in the way that our, our hearts leading us. And I, I think it's so interesting. i I remember offline when we were talking about how the universe responds to your passion, and it's so interesting to see how that happened and how that coalesced for you. Um, so it's it's very inspirational, runzi. and so um it's and how everything ties together, right? Because you don't really know going forward. Um, how this is all going to work, right? There's, there are a lot of points, you know, where like, I I don't really know, but you know, as you lead by your heart, things kind of come towards you, right? And, and, uh, you know, the kind of the universe sort of makes things happen is to be a little woo woo, but your life is living proof of, Um, how things work out, you know, when uh, you really tune in. So,
1: but I'll tell you this though, David, just to, just to um, add something to that is even though the whole um, drive obviously came from the heart, but I, I run this business as a business, you know, I run overcome as a business. I do not like nonprofit as a whole new, sometimes, you know, it's just, is just treated in a very different way that it's a nonprofit where nobody is supposed to make profit. Nobody, you know, it's, it's a very um, different way of looking at this uh, sector. Um, the But I feel that it should be run just as any other business, even more so because we offer these programs, we, as in all nonprofits, we offer these programs and services that everybody like in their own community, it's so needed. And so it needs to be run with the head. And so, even though the the encouragement came from Rice, from all the things that I learned from Rice, I, you know the decision to switch obviously was led by the heart, but also, after you make the transition, you actually decide to run with it, then these two things are not enough. Then you have to kind of run with it and stay with it with the business skills that you have learned out of the business school, because those, without those, I don't think I would be as successful with Overcome.
0: Absolutely. And so interesting, because I'm sure that there's been, you know, of course, a, a myriad of challenges and, and of course, for nonprofits, you know, funding is a, is a big deal as well. You know, as you continue to execute on the, the foundation's charter and all those things that you mentioned between the funding and the awareness and the patient assistance and overcare. What are some of the things that, that are really the big rocks that you're trying to solve for now that is may, maybe the long pole in the tent, if you will, for you know moving forward with your foundation and, and bringing awareness to ovarian cancer?
1: Yeah, so ovarian cancer, fortunately, is um, is a disease that it's it's one in seventy two women get diagnosed. So it is not considered to be something that happens to almost every woman, which is which is fantastic, right? So, uh, but awareness for this disease is very low, and that's wh- that's where we are working very hard, not just within the U.S. but globally to raise awareness um, on ovarian cancer. And I do think, um, David, I would like to mention that um, you know the men as spouses, significant others, uh, you know, sons, uh, friends, um, brothers, they have a big role in this as well. You know, the woman being the center of any household, when something happens to her, the whole family kind of falls apart. So it's important for the men and in the family um, to also learn about this disease and so that, you know, they can keep their women um, kind of aware. And so you asked me how the funding and everything else progressed over the years. So we started, um, nine years ago, um, you know, with a bake sale and this was just with friends and we made, I think we raised about $800 and we were super excited because we didn't expect we went from ground zero. There was, when I started overcome, there was zero funding. There was like $0 in the bank, but we just went with our vision and we, um, I just somehow felt the the confidence that we were going to proceed with this, and so after we raised that eight hundred dollars, we were we were very very happy with it. And then you know somehow today nine years later we have companies like GSK and AstraZeneca and you know others that are um, that are global companies that are out there sponsoring us. So I am so grateful and thankful to not just the companies that support us, but every individual that has um stepped forward to make a donation We have had so many friends from rice that um, are either involved in our you know leadership council or are, are every um annual donors or they have helped in campaigns they have helped uh, you know attend events so rice has been through and through a big supporter um, of all we do
0: I mm, love that and this is such a great harbor cruise of not just your life but also your efforts and so Maybe in the last couple of minutes here, can you share some of the unique challenges of ovarian cancer as opposed to other types of cancer? I don't have to, of course, come up with a list of other types of cancer, but some things that are uniquely challenging um, about ovarian cancer that maybe make it a little more difficult um, than other forms of cancer.
1: Yes. Uh, so ovarian cancer, first of all, it is um, the uh, deadliest of all gynecologic cancers for those who don't know. However, you know, the, the diagnosis doesn't happen uh, very often in the early stages. So, for example, over 70% of women um, get diagnosed with ovarian cancer at advanced stages. And the reason being that when you present with those symptoms, those are Usually, very vague and non-specific symptoms that women tend to ignore, and so by the time you actually go to a doctor um, and report your symptoms, you are already at at an advanced stage, and that is like I told you, over seventy percent. The other thing that happens is that there is. Um, Lack of awareness in the primary care physicians also on the signs and symptoms of ovarian cancer often overlooked. And however, the good thing is that if you do get diagnosed with ovarian cancer early, like stage one, um, possibly stage two, your chances for five-year survival is greater than 92 percent. And that is a very significant number, which tells you that early detection is key for ovarian cancer, but the uh, awareness of this disease is so low that majority and over of you know women get diagnosed at um, um, advanced stages. And also, Ovarian cancer doesn't have any early detection tests like you know mammograms or pap smears. There is no screening for ovarian cancer. So when we go to our well woman visits, we are never talked about ovarian cancer. There are no screen screening tests to detect what's going on. And um, even though there have been many advancements in this field, we are, the doctors are still kind of trying to find that, uh, that screening test that will help detect ovarian cancer. One thing I would mention that we actually came up with a um, an acronym which is called the beach symptom. So all of us love to go to beach, and so this beach is a different one. This this actually lists out all the um, uh, the five major symptoms of ovarian cancer, and so we have it on our website, on our social media platforms, and so if you. Go there and look up the beat symptom. You know, you can share with your family members. You can just, you know, share across your social media platforms. That way, people get to know what the symptoms are, and they can be on top of it a little more.
0: Mm, fantastic! I think it's a great segue to, to uh, you know, wind down here and and you know, get your last thoughts. Um, I would be remiss to not uh, give you the opportunity to to let folks know how they can get in touch to either learn more about um, overcome. And your efforts, and how to engage with you online or otherwise. What are some of those, um, you know, best avenues to to learn more and to help to support your foundation?
1: Yeah. So Overcome is obviously we have a website. We have we are on Facebook. We are on Twitter. We are on Instagram. So if you would look us up um, and find it, uh, us there, that would be great. And that's a great way to stay updated with the progress of the organization. Um, as uh, an alumni of Rise, I would love for you to reach out to me and you can always find me. I am on LinkedIn. I do not do Facebook much, but um, I'm on Twitter and LinkedIn. And also of course my um, email address um, that, uh, w- which is runcy at overcome.org. So feel free to please reach out to me and always remember that, you know, it's the it's lead with your heart, but follow your passion, but uh, take the encouragement from all the you know business school learnings that you're that you have and be confident to make make a difference because you can
0: Bertie thank you so much it's been such a pleasure to share this time with you and I just want to call it out in case folks don't check the show notes that should have the information that you just mentioned uh, the website is overcome so o v a r c o m e.org overcome.org so, um, be sure to reach out, check it out, and uh, as well as your TEDx talk. If you just type in Runsi Sen, it will come up, and uh, it's a fantastic, very motivational, inspirational talk. Runsi, that's all I have for you today. I'm going to drop the mic. Uh, I really enjoyed this time. Thank you again.
1: I did too. Thank you so much, David this has been i'll have you know thanks
0: for listening you can find links and more information about our guests hosts and announcements on our website business.rice.edu please subscribe to this podcast wherever you find your favorite podcasts and leave us a comment while you're at it let us know what you think i'll have you know is a production of rice business and is sponsored by the rice business alumni board the hosts of i'll have you know are myself christine dobbin and david drew gleaver